There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined, as always, by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how you doing today? I'm doing really well. Happy to be here, as always. It's a good day coming off a vacation over the weekend for HP. Are you feeling relaxed and ready to talk Apex? Uh, Yeah, it was nice to unplug for a little bit, but I've been on the road for... Eight, nine, ten yeah. hours, so I'm ready to record. and uh, Ready to sit in a chair for another hour. Yeah, and why not? Yeah, why not just, just push through? Add on to it. We got a fun episode, though, for you guys today. This episode is sponsored by Here.fm, and today we are covering some interesting news surrounding the Apex Global Series, as well as diving into the Spitfire and if it's overpowered or not. Before we do any of that, though, make sure that you come check us out. This Friday at 5 p.m. PST, we're going to be hosting a live Q&A session on here.fm. Anyone in the Discord is invited for free. Link's going to be provided at 5 p.m. PST this Friday. We hope to see you there. Link for joining the Discord is in the description of the podcast episode. Feel free to check it out. And also follow us on Twitch at Third Party Pod, streaming Mondays and Wednesdays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. PST. I uh, would love for you to come say hi. Uh, episode will come out and you'll be hearing it. Uh, seeing a stream tonight and Thursday this week, special little schedule for this week only. So for our day of release, listeners will also be live on Thursday. Fun stuff. I also have a major update this episode. It's our one year anniversary of our Patreon. Crazy. Just epic. Can't thank our supporters enough. Our Patreon has really made this podcast possible. It's allowed us to do more and more episodes. It's allowed us to stream. It's allowed us to increase our technology, expand our team, just do really, really epic stuff. And so huge thank you. If you join our Patreon right now, you'll receive access to our Legend Concept competition, no matter which level of support you choose. It's free to enter for all patrons with the grand prize winner receiving 2000 Apex coins. Super excited for that. It's a crazy awesome way to celebrate one year. Legend Concepts were one of our first segments we added to the show, one that we absolutely love. And so to live, give you guys the creative freedom and the opportunity for us to give back and showcase and support is a great way, I think, for us to celebrate one awesome year on Patreon. We got some other news, though. We're going to dive into the news now. First major piece of news. This is our last local recording for the time being. Uh, as any of you know that have been to the streams on Patreon or anything, Henry and I are located in Portland, and we're both uh, migrating our way back up to our hometowns of Seattle. I'm going first this weekend, and so uh, we will be going remote from here on out, and then maybe some limited special stuff once HB is back in the 206 as well. But it's going to be uh, sad not being in person anymore. It really will be, you know, it's the end of an era, mm -hmm. you know, we've been in this uh, small room for over a year, built a third party, really a pleasure, it's going to be, hopefully, hopefully no one will notice. That's the goal, but that's the goal. I'm certainly going to notice, I'm so gonna I just want to let everybody know. But to take away a positive from it, it opens the opportunity for us to do some cool stuff content-wise that we are thinking about brainstorming and is a Patreon goal if you want to go check that out. Mm -hmm. We can talk about some Apex Legends though now. Let's do it. Three minutes into the episode. So thank you all for listening and let's dive into the Apex news 
First piece of news, though, new ranked split. We are back on Olympus. You can check out our Olympus ranked refresher that we posted on April 3rd, uh, which is pretty much still uh, very, very relevant uh, to your current rank drops, rotations, and the style of play on Olympus. Are you excited to be heading back to Olympus for this split? Um, Yes. I'm more excited to just play a lot more ranked this split. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just so, so busy um, in the first split of the season. So I'm hoping to to grind a little more, but Olympus is a lot different than my style of play. So it's definitely an adjustment for my play style. It's crazy. I, I played a pretty good amount today, just kind of warming up. Didn't know how much we were going to talk about it. And it really is just so, so different. It's a completely different game. And not saying that's good or bad, but it's just very different and something that I think uh, will take some time to get used to, especially for the people that maybe joined us at the beginning of the season. Uh, and haven't spent a ton of time playing ranked Olympus yet. No doubt about it. Next piece of news, we want to talk about the ALGS championship results. Congratulations to the EMEA winner, Scars Europe, and congrats to the North American winner, Kungarna. Apologize for the mispronunciations of everything for this entire show, but really awesome. Because of the crowdfunding, both of these teams took home a prize of $265,591. That is just a crazy prize pool in comparison to previous. Are you excited for the future of just Apex's competitive scene with this amount of money being put into it now? It's really exciting. Um, And it's definitely an incentive for a heightened level of competition. Mm -hmm. So more people, you know, putting their eyes on the ALGS to put their competitive energy towards, but it's also just such a great opportunity for players and viewers to see something that's going to just get more investment, Mm -hmm. more production quality. I'm excited because it's a really interesting thing to watch. It's fascinating. And the drops during Twitch streams, you now have guys like Nicewig and Daltouche casting them independently as well. Just so much content is being formed around the hyper competitive play and with the changes they've also made to the ui as of late it is a lot friendlier to watch and let's dive a little bit further into it we don't always do it but this was just such an interesting algs to kind of look at uh, thanks to the twitter account at seeing labs we can see pick rates across the finals and it's seriously the largest diversity of legends we've yet to see in algs gibraltar kind of no surprise at the time led the way with a 90.2 percent pick rate bloodhound second place 46.7 percent pick rate and then we got the rest of these in this order octane 41 wraith 39.4 valk broke in with 30.9 and then we have caustic at 20.8 crypto at 20.2 rev at 5 loba at 3.5 and bang with a 2.2 percent pick rate and what's crazy is we just listed off more legends than we have ever listed off before for the algs and we are seeing an insane amount of diversity and competitive play, which I won't speak for everyone, but I thought it was a ton of fun to watch and see this kind of growth for the scene from what it was years ago with Watson, Pathfinder, and Wraith. And that was it. It's insane. I'm really blown away mm-hmm. by this amount of diversity for multiple reasons. I think there's a lot of interesting things to take away. I think we kind of look at NA because that's where we have the most uh, players we're familiar with. The, Absolutely. Yeah. So I, the number one team composition being Octane, Bloodhound, and Gibraltar, 
is so crazy to me, even mm-hmm. though I think that is the strongest team comp right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I fully agree that is the strongest team comp. But the fact that it's in the global series this soon is something we're going to talk more about, mm-hmm. but it's just shocking. And then the second most popular North America team comp was Valk, Caustic, and Gibraltar. That's a shocker to me. We're going to talk about this Extreme one. Extreme shocker. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we we could talk Valk if we wanted to for a little bit, but I do want people to know that we thought we wrote out a little bit of a deep dive on Valk and competitive for our Patreon episode this week. And she's just such a fascinating case of breaking into the game soon, sooner rather than later than other legends have in the past. The thing that surprised me the most looking at this, though, was the Loba and the Rev resurgence, I guess, because yeah. it's also interesting. Like we look at some of the differences between Ema and North America, Wraith being one of them, 75.7% pick rate and EMEA and having a 10.7% pick rate in North America. Other differences, Octane 64.4 in NA, 11.4 in EMEA. And then we have Crypto with a 35 in EMEA and an 8.5 in NA. And the right there, you can just see this pace of play is extremely different. It's extremely different, but more so it's so cool to see these scenes develop. And someday when we go back to LAN Mm -hmm. to see these styles clash one another and maybe hopefully a very big, you know, global series of one, you know, to take the top 10 from each and to see how that goes. But coming back to Loba and Bang real quick, they went unpicked in NA. But then they were, you know, picked in Emus. And it's just crazy to see that legends that have now been around for a while. And, you know, Loba getting some fixes makes some sense because we've always thought her kit was pretty cool for competitive play. But Bang to just all of a sudden, you know, rock it in here, I think speaks to the change in prize pool and heightened competition Mm -hmm. because we had more teams that came out of kind of nowhere that you know qualified for the tournament won their qualifiers and then started to compete we weren't seeing teams like tsm decide to run bangalore we were seeing people that were diehard bangalore players take bangalore all the way to the competitive play through the grassroots system of competitive apex legends and that's beyond exciting i think you really nailed it because it's just at the highest level of apex the meta is very fragile mm-hmm one team starts to play a bloodhound then others pretty much have to you start introducing mm-hmm. smoke into the global series you're going to see a totally different style of play yep. if it gets more popular mm-hmm. so it's, it's interesting really cool to, see to see what catches on and what doesn't mm-hmm. though mm-hmm. and i like before we can move on here in a second but i just want to say the last note cuz we talked about bloodhound there for a second so interesting uh tsm did a switch of their team comp uh, mid ALGS, they went from Blood to Valk and they switched mid series. And it was hilarious because they had some effective plays with the new team comp. But at one point, I think it was either reps or snipe down. You literally heard them say, I don't know where anyone is. Yeah. <laughs> Just it's a powerful ability. Getting used to playing the one team comp yeah. and then playing with that Bloodhound in particular. It's something you and I have felt when we try to switch away from Blood right now in our ranked comps. And so. I think it's really cool to see that even translate to the highest levels. I love them. Let's talk about some other news, though. 
In our interview with David Bosek, David talked about the balancing between BR and arenas not being separated, and this was further confirmed by Daniel Klein in an interview with Rain Day. Daniel, while explaining that they will continue to balance for the BR, somewhat teased another legend and said that they have some really, really cool abilities that will just not apply to arenas gameplay at all, and that's fine. We're absolutely okay with that. As long as there's something they can do in arenas, we know we can balance for that something, and the BR must be our main mode, the one we spend the most time thinking about and designing for. And I think it's cool to see the characters and weapons people be on the same page about this is a BR game. And yeah. if, you know, we figure out how to make arenas work around that, awesome. This is a really bold statement, I think. I think just how brash he was about it. Yeah. Didn't try to beat around the bush or anything. Might not be received incredibly well by mm-hmm. everybody. They might say, well, you know, that's not great because Mm -hmm. why would you introduce a legend that is not effective in a major part of the game but i think the bigger takeaway from it is that the developers are in tune with their player base Mm -hmm. and the player base plays battle royale that's what the game is the game is a br the lore is a br Mm -hmm. the there is no lore you know saying like oh arenas you know now like that's that's like the main mode so i think it's cool to see that kind of stay true and arenas just be a really really awesome bonus that no other br has given us at the moment which is great and fun in its own way and i'm excited to see how that continues to develop and speaking of that according to director of communications ryan rigney ranked arenas are not planned for the 9.1 patch it needs more time in the oven that was then further supported by daniel klein uh, stating that it just wasn't ready at the time. And you and I have spoken about this kind of stuff a lot. I think we're on the same page that it's cool to see people kind of sharing this information and not having the player base be in the dark. But Respawn has proven that they will take their time making sure the mode and what they are releasing is the way they want it to be before it comes out. And I think overall that has led to good things in the end. And I think this will be another one of those instances. Sure hope so. I think this is something that a lot of people are excited for. And uh, I think the anticipation is high. Yeah. Lastly, Respawn rolled out an update to help tackle DDoSers and Apex Legends. From now on, when DDoS happens, all players will be kicked and given loss forgiveness. There's also been more manual bans as of recently, and more fixes are going to be coming. Anything to help the DDoS issue, we've been very lucky ourselves with our player experience. Uh, But I think for the people that definitely have it hit them a lot more often... I think this is nice to see some attention being driven that way. Good news, good news. Now, before we dive into the great Spitfire debate, this is a word from our sponsor. Here.fm is a super easy-to-use streaming and video chat platform with a ton of creative and engaging features. While on Here.fm, you can insert GIFs and stickers, stream YouTube videos, play games, and even create drawings with your friends right on the screen. All of the elements on screen are movable and customizable, so if you wanted to have a room that looks like King's Canyon or Mirage's Paradise Lounge, you can. Creating a room is simple and easy. All it takes is a Google Chrome web browser, and you can grab custom URLs just for your personalized rooms. You can use here to hang out with friends, meet with study groups, create more interactive meetings, and chat with your fellow gamers in a much more visual way. This month, we'll be using Here.fm for a public hangout with all our listeners on Friday, June 18th at 5 p.m. PST. We'll be able to watch videos, throw in gifts, draw, and other fun stuff. Super looking forward to it. We'd love to see y'all there. To join, all you need to do is be in our Discord, and we'll provide the link at everyone when the time comes. Check out Here.fm in the podcast description below. Now, talking spit. 
fire. This is going to be a really fun one. I think it's uh, on the top of everybody's mind, whether they know it or not. <laughs> Without a doubt. I mean, we're bringing up the Spitfire because it's currently the most controversial weapon in Apex Legends. Over time, weapons have come and gone from the list of what we would consider an oppressive weapon. And how do you really know if a weapon is oppressive? It's a good question. It's a good question. And I think it's one that the developers wrestle with a lot because it can be hard to tell through just player feedback Mm -hmm. or data alone to really decide. Um, One indicator that a weapon might be oppressive is if you're getting killed again and again by one weapon and feeling frustrated each time because the weapon just outclassed yours in damage and maybe ease of use. Mm -hmm. Like you just feel like, man, there was nothing that I could really do. Mm -hmm. Like maybe I missed a couple of shots. Maybe I hit a couple of shots, but they just overpowered me. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of this feeling of a weapon maybe being overpowered. Yeah. Now with the Spitfire, we've spoken with live balance designers, the lead game designer, the weapon designer of Apex Legends, and there seems to be a comfortability with data which points to the Spitfire being very popular at all skill levels, but not being overpowered. It's such an interesting concept. And like any talk of nerfs from all these people have centered around the idea of defining what an LMG is in Apex more so than, you know, like they, I think, yeah. Uh, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on names of our buddy, UP. Um, John Larson. John Larson. So apologies, John. Uh, but John, I believe, even mentioned like he can take down the damage one, and that would statistically make an impact, but would it make people stop using it? And I think one thing that I'll just circle in before we go and kind of dive into the gun's numbers and such is that one thing we talked about in a recent show is that using a gun because you got killed by it is not the way to do things. If you get killed because someone, you know, hit you with that bow or that wingman or the PK, a very high skill gun that's hard to use. And then you're like, oh, I, that was crazy. I'm going to go use it. And so then you go pick up that gun, you buy that gun in arenas or whatever, then you use it. And then you have, you know, you don't have success with it. You fail with it. I think the problem is with the Spitfire, people maybe feel that way. Then they go to use it. And it's such a successful gun at all skill levels that then you're like, oh, let me keep using it. And it's just like a cycle. The ease yeah. of use is such an interesting loop, I think, when totally. we talk about guns like that. We're talking about a snowball effect. Exactly. Of just like, maybe the weapon wasn't overpowered, but because of the chain effect mm-hmm. of people not liking it and then deciding they like it, that makes it even better. It's Apex, a very community-driven game. We know it for sure. Uh, we see metas rise sometimes with or without changes to the actual legends or uh, guns themselves. And I'm very interested to see if that ease of use is maybe one of the things that drives this, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick up the Spitfire because I just got killed by it. Whoa, this gun's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so today we're going to try to answer the question, is the Spitfire overpowered and deserves a nerf? Or is it healthy for the game to have a powerful LMG that all players can use with success? Mm -hmm. A huge argument to kind of jump the gun a little bit is we're trying to have people have fun. Totally. Giving them an option for an easy to use weapon in such a difficult game where there's so many variables. Mm -hmm. That may be healthy. 
it's so funny. Like it, what is the, is, is that Spitfire? Is the ease of use, is it make more people happy or does it make more people yeah. mad? It, yeah. Cause it's so funny like to see, cause we, we talk a lot about the vocal minority mm-hmm. sometimes. And like, is that how people feels? This might be a case where maybe it's not the minority. Yeah. And you just led to the idea that I think should be in the public forum. That is this a weapon that makes the game more fun? Mm-hmm. That's what I think the conversation should be about. I don't think developers should be looking at numbers. I don't think they should be saying, well, it's popular, but not overpowered. I think they should be looking at impact on fun, replayability community engagement, things like that. And I think before we dive into this, the last thing I'll then say is that we just talked with David about stuff like guns getting their time to shine. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is the Spitfire's time to shine. And even if when we dive into everything here, you know, we come across the idea or something that, you know, Spitfire, perfect as it is, you know, it's great. You know, people are overreacting. I think that just because there's so many people talking about it, we might see changes that lead to a, okay, let's put something else in the limelight for the time being, which is a strategy we talked about a long time ago as potentially being a driver, never really had been confirmed until a recent you know, conversation with David. Yeah, and that idea of allowing a weapon to shine for a period of time, a lot of people are calling for the Spitfire to be packed. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's always partially on the table. Totally, um, at this and point, so yeah. We're having this conversation because... Is that what we want? Mm-hmm. Is the Spitfire in a case where maybe it shouldn't be nerfed, but it should be pretty much vaulted from the game or mm-hmm. change so should much it that it doesn't devoted? impact the whole game? Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to look at the numbers, we really have to be careful as to what weapons we're comparing to the Spitfire. Can you compare the Spitfire to the Wingman? Probably not. Mm-hmm. The Peacekeeper? Probably not. The G7? Probably not. And so you kind of start to work your way down to the Spitfire can only really be compared to other ARs. LMGs are pretty strong this season. Well, it's interesting, like talking about the LMGs, like Mm -hmm. Devotion with Turbocharger, we know it's probably the best gun in the game. So we could compare those two if you wanted to, but it's probably not the most fun comparison you're going to hear. And then the other LMG we have in the game, the L-Star, isn't really a stereotypical LMG that plays similar with the spit to compare to. So it's, it is interesting that we have to compare it to ARs. Yeah. And so we pretty much have to compare the Spitfire to very, very similar weapons across the pond in the assault rifle category and maybe throw in an SMG in order to assess, do the speed reductions of the Spitfire really get countered by a weapon like an SMG. Mm -hmm. But, to run through the numbers pretty quickly here. So we'll be looking at the Spitfire's clip size, the time to kill in comparison to other weapons, the accuracy requirement, the reload, and then a couple of the speed statistics like aim down sight movement speed, draw time. First things first, the clip size. Fun one. Spitfire <laughs> currently has a 50-round magazine max. Mm-hmm. That's big time, because the next closest in this little comparison would be the flatline at 30 max, yep. R301, 28 max, R99, 27 max. That's going to be a big point of contention here, is that clip size. Mm-hmm. And just its size alone is a massive, massive power. So 
that and it has a like a ripple effect yeah, pretty much totally. and that it impacts other statistics just because of its size. But now I think the big one that has to be checked a little bit, is it too powerful? Is it even an impact? Is the time to kill? Spitfire has a 1.23 second time to kill with purple armor. Mm-hmm. Flatline, which I think is probably the closest thing you can compare it to. It's the closest competitor and just from the what are you actually in game comparing yeah. to. Those are the ones you're deciding between for the most part for a lot of people, I think. Pretty much. And it's time to kill against purple armor is 1.5 seconds. 1.05. 1.05. That's pretty close. Mm-hmm. So it's a difference, it's far. but it's still it's far. Yes. But it's close. Mm-hmm. And then if we were to look at the R301, which is similar because it has the barrel stabilizer, mm-hmm. like the Spitfire, that's at 1.09 seconds. Mm-hmm. The R99 is at 1.01. Mm-hmm. So fastest time to kill, but is there a significant difference in that in game? Mm-hmm. I think is the question. And we're talking about this comparison in particular, the Spitfire having that huge mag, being able to deal that fast of a time to kill across a long magazine size with a lot of forgiveness. Is there a meaningful difference in these time to kill numbers? Mm-hmm. Totally. Ziffy. Now, Back to the clip size, this accuracy requirement. How much accuracy is required when you have a purple magazine against purple armor? The Spitfire takes the cake. You only have to hit 24% of your shots to knock one enemy down. We would hope that's how LMGs would fare. I think that's a fair assessment to hope for. You don't have to hit all your shots, (laughs) so don't worry about that. But you start comparing that to the flatline, which requires 36% accuracy. Mm -hmm. That's quite a bit more already. R301, 53% accuracy. Mm-hmm. And the R99, you have to hit 70% of your shots with a purple mag against purple armor. So it's like you kind of see this upward trend away from the Spitfire that it gets harder and harder to use other weapons. Mm-hmm. But the speed in terms of time to kill isn't necessarily compensated at the same rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of a red flag already. Now... Spitfire already kind of sounds like, okay, it's easy to use, it does a lot of damage potentially, but it's balanced in the fact that it has a long reload. You would assume. Yeah, (laughs) and it does. It has a 3.8 second full reload. That is very long. Mm -hmm. Compare that to the full reload of the flatline, though, at 3.1 seconds, doesn't seem as long anymore. Mm -mm. Like, that's still more than half a second. It's almost three quarters of a second. Flatline is faster, but three seconds is three seconds, Mm -hmm. and the R301 is at 3.2 seconds for a full reload, and the R99 at 2.45 seconds. So, yes, that is 1.4 seconds faster than the full reload of the Spitfire, but does that reload really leave you vulnerable enough for another weapon to come in and get you in that time. It's funny, like LMGs in other games don't reload like the Spitfire reloads. No. You use the LMG in Call of Duty, you crank up, pull out, yeah. sit on the ground, take a seat, yeah, grab a drink because that was a heavy task you just did, and now we're going to feed our bullets in slowly, and about 25 seconds later, you're ready to go. <laughs> and you usually don't even get the opportunity no. to do something like that. <laughs> so it's like you're lucky if you get all the way through that magazine. The Spitfire is in this unique situation that is part of the reason why we're discussing it, 
in that it's acting like the best AR we've ever seen. Yes. And it's so popular that other ARs just don't compete head to head. And I, I, I get the people. And, you know, the higher you get in ranked and once you start talking pro play and stuff, the, the argument of like that, that time to kill matters to me. Mm-hmm. Like that difference matters to me. And I'm sure there's going to be a situation where that matters. But the forgiveness of that mag size and the room for error in for a lot of people, 90 probably percent of our listeners, that's going to be the larger difference maker in most cases yeah. than the shorter time to kill. And that's, I think, what makes this gun so special right now is that, well, the big theoretical advantage is really, really powerful right yeah. now. I definitely agree. And I think you're getting to this point of that forgiveness isn't necessarily like, okay, Spitfire versus Flatline. They start firing at the same time. Boom, the Flatline wins. Mm -hmm. That doesn't really happen in Apex. The Spitfire has a unique ability that no other weapon has in that it can do suppressive fire. Mm -hmm. And the clip size leads the Spitfire to be able to put out sustained damage for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. The Spitfire can shoot continuously for over five and a half seconds. The flatline can only shoot for three seconds. Mm -hmm. That's a massive difference. And so if you think about in-game situations, Spitfire comes up to a flatline. They're both behind cover, potentially. The Mm -hmm. Spitfire is able to suppress the enemy and still have more gas in the tank to be able to do a massive DPS or time to kill against the flatline that will have to reload. Yeah. The Spitfire just, it makes sense. It's easy. It's straightforward. You don't have to think too much. If you want to get the most out of that flatline or R301 in comparison to the Spitfire, you're going to have to play a lot more intelligent. You're going to have to say, oh, I have Anvil. I know my advantage now is staying even further away and, you know, using the anvil or something along those lines. And with the Spitfire, you just get to go from point A to point B and know that in most situations, uh, you're going to be able to use this weapon. And while there's going to be the occasional situation of maybe getting outgunned, for the most part, you're going to run into killing a lot more people than you would expect. And with a fast paced game and a really fast moving LMG. I will kind of just add in my own personal flavor here and that I like the Spitfire because in a BR, what more versatile weapon could you have? Oh, and totally. that's my middle name, mm-hmm. like Henry Versatile Person. Like I no just doubt. want my legend and my weapons to have a lot of applications. And with the Spitfire, I'm never really caught in trouble. Mm-hmm. The long reload doesn't really impact me, and you also have a second weapon, so I'm not really going to get worried about it. And just the mag size and the versatility at different ranges make me so confident all the time. And, you know, if you carry two guns in Apex, mm-hmm. if you're like, I used the Spitfire, but I'm concerned about my ability to use it at range, oh, I'm going to carry a G7 with it. I use the Spitfire, but... Up close, I'm not as confident in the speed in which I play with. Okay, cool. Partner with a 9 or an EVA right now. You can do yeah. that pretty easily in this game, and there's yeah. no penalty for doing so. And so, and I think both of those, all of that's great. I love all of that. <laughs> but the question really becomes, do you have a choice? 
right now. Mm -hmm. Do you have to carry a Spitfire or can you go R301 EVA, Mm -hmm. which is a wonderful loadout, but can that loadout be a Spitfire and a BR? Mm -hmm. Another great thing about the Spitfire, which I like about it, is that versatility again leads to the ability to take on third parties, 3v3s. That mag size allows you to knock more than one enemy before reloading, Mm -hmm. which is huge time saver. Like with any weapon, that's saving you two, three, four seconds in a firefight that matters. Just don't do what I instinctively do and reload after shooting any amount of bullets. (laughs) It's a horrible first person (laughs) shooter habit to pick up. I do it every time. Oh man, I can't. It's better than going into a fight not reloaded. Well, because that's bad. But what's really frustrating is reloading a Spitfire when it had 35 bullets and dying while you're reloading and then realizing what you did. You're like, that is disappointing. That's a pretty disappointing moment to have. And that has happened to me. It's it's the COD. It's the Call of Duty instinct. You always have to be ready. Always reload. Always tack reload. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. The Spitfire doesn't have a great tactical reload. Tactical reload, reload, It just doesn't. But... (laughs) Going back for just a second in terms of the Spitfire has all these great things going for it, but it's so slow. You know, that reload is slow, but it's not that slow. Is the aim down sight movement speed slow? Well, you're looking at having a 41% movement speed when you're ADSing with the Spitfire. Compared to ARs that have a 50%, that doesn't look too bad. Like Mm -hmm. that seems like you're in the same ballpark in terms of speed. R99, though, even ADSing has an 86% movement speed. So you're you're lightning fast mm-hmm. with the R99, and you're probably not even aimed down sights. So yeah. you're fast. There's no question about that. But when comparing it to the flatline and the R301, it seems like a marginal difference mm-hmm. in terms of the slowness that you're going to be incurring in close quarters when you're just hard scoping. It's not as painful as it might theoretically sound totally other little slow slowness uh stats would be the draw time it takes 0.7 seconds to aim down sights with the spitfire it takes 0.6 seconds to aim down sights with the flatline or the r3 so it's just it's marginal differences this like idea that the spitfire is this big heavy slow lmg just is not true Mm -hmm. like it is an ar with a massive clip and it has very small penalties here and there yeah. that are only seen in comparison when you compare the range of the Spitfire to the range of a sniper rifle mm-hmm. or the range of the Spitfire to the range of a shotgun and probably just the nine like from a speed and you know time to kill movement. And so it's sitting in a very happy medium right now, pretty dang confident looking at his competition. Yeah, and the interesting thing is that Probably no matter what, LMGs and Apex are going to retain large clip sizes. Mm -hmm. So what other dials can we turn in order to make them a more unique class of weapon? Mm -hmm. It's interesting because that's kind of what is being talked about as Mm -hmm. the change to the Spitfire and Theoretics is let's do something for LMGs that makes sense and makes the gun fair, more fair. Yeah, and I think that a nice soundbite in kind of closing up the statistics and the separation between the Spitfire and other weapons is that the Spitfire has a 66% larger clip, meaning it can deal out 
two and a half seconds longer of sustained firepower. The accuracy requirement is 12 to 29% less accuracy required than other ARs. The time to kill is only 0.18 seconds slower than other ARs. Reload is only 0.7 seconds slower to do a full reload. The movement speed is only 9% slower to other ARs. Mm -hmm. And the draw time is only a tenth of a second slower. Mm -hmm. And so all those tiny little differences and weaknesses are outshined by the massive power in the clip size, to be frank. Well, what comes to your mind? What would you do with this weapon? If you, if they said, HB, you got full responsibility for making the Spitfire, obviously not a gutter gun, but one that doesn't oppress people in the way that I think a lot of people feel like it is right now. Yeah, I mean, I look at the community interaction. I look at my own playing experience. I look at these numbers and I say the weaknesses that the Spitfire currently has is not enough to avoid a nerf. And what I would look at first is probably another decrease of the clip size if you can. If you can't because it's an LMG. Mm -hmm. If you say that's the defining characteristic, mm -hmm. let's keep that and work around it. I think making it drastically slower is the way to go. Mm -hmm. To pretty much indirectly put a setup time to an LMG by making the ADS movement speed so slow Mm -hmm. that if you have any chance of using it, you have to be on a bipod Mm -hmm. 30 feet away, scoped in, and you have to prepare. Like a one-second ADS is what I would say. Right now it's Mm 0.7, a one-second is a huge jump. You'd feel that. You would feel that. You're going to feel it. And I think that would just make it so that it's not as versatile and you have to Mm -hmm. kind of be more prepared and it's going to be used at ranges to do suppressive fire and it's not going to outperform hip fire matches against SMGs, which it just shouldn't do. That's what I was going to key in on and say. I was going to, the gun shouldn't be controllable if you're hip firing Mm -hmm. it. Like LMGs aren't supposed to be, but those bullets should be, ricocheting in directions that make yeah. it look like a cartoon you shouldn't yeah. be able to accurately hip fire the gun and should be like a sniper it should be like a sniper yeah. yeah if you want the spitfire to stay relevant but not die i think you need it to be effective in the range kind of like what you mentioned that 30 foot range be an ar be slightly longer than an ar maybe mm-hmm. just have the ability to suppress fire but it can't be the gun right now that people say, oh, we're pushing a building, pull out the Spitfire. Yeah. And that's right now what whole teams do. And it works very effectively. And the fact that it works means that you have to do it yeah. because you can't go into a BR and just say, I'm a beast with the Volt. I'm going to use the Volt no matter what, mm-hmm. because you have to think about what's the most effective thing that the enemy is going to be using mm-hmm. and how can I counter that? Right now, the Spitfire doesn't have enough counters. If Mm -hmm. on paper, you're saying that, all right, I want to use the Volt to counter the Spitfire. Yeah. First, I have to avoid over five seconds of sustained firepower from the Spitfire, Mm -hmm. which is extremely difficult because most fights only last about 10 seconds. So you're saying I need to be hidden or I need to have crazy movement Mm -hmm. to outmaneuver for half the gunfight. Then you need to force them to reload the Spitfire. 
And then you need to be 20 to 30% more accurate in order to take out that other Spitfire. It's a tall task. It's hard. Very hard. It's very interesting. The Spitfire meta is a fascinating one because while I think people are frustrated by it, we've seen more frustration from other metas before. And so to see if it is hurried and changed in the near future will be really interesting because as much as we talk Spitfire, I think the most talked about gun right now is the EVA 8. And we're going to talk about the shotguns in an upcoming episode and kind of tell you guys a little bit about that. So it'll be interesting to see where that Spitfire falls into the you know, equation from a triage perspective. Are we going to get some changes to it soon? And they seem to have a similar idea to what we're saying. I mean, we're pulling our ideas from what they said. They know that the characteristics of the gun are more important right now than the okay, let's make sure that the time to kill is, you know, 1.35 instead of, you know, 1.2. Yeah, So totally. I mean, it, I think we're in such an interesting situation here with the quote-unquote Spitfire meta because it's such an approachable weapon. You know, a wingman meta, even if it's cranked up so much, that's not a very approachable weapon. Yeah. No shotgun is approachable for everyone. It a comes, Spitfire is approachable for every player. It comes all the way back to that, like, is it forgiving and easy to use? Like that circle we were talking mm-hmm. about at the very beginning. You get killed by a Spitfire, you go to use the Spitfire, you have success with the Spitfire, okay? You get killed by a wingman, you go to use the wingman. Most people not having success with the wingman. Yeah. There's one less wingman player. Yeah. And it's pretty simple. And I, we'll, we'll circle back to this conversation. We talk shotguns, but I think the Eva's in a fun place where I think it has a little bit more of that forgiveness for a shotgun than uh, most of them have in the past. So that'll be a fun conversation for us to have. Um, whoa, do we, do we want to tell the people when that one's scheduled to come out? Do we have an exact date right I, now? We do have its first week in July, okay. but it's tentative because we may see something at the split, yes. or at, not at the split, yes. at the patch notes, mm-hmm. 9.1. So and then depending we'll on how extreme that is, yeah. then you might but, have to hear a full episode. You know, Spoiler, I've been saying the EVA is great for years, mm-hmm. so I'm excited to dive into it. It's going to be a cool episode for sure. We're going to wrap up this episode, though, by answering a five-star question. If you have a question you want answered on the show, please leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Guarantees that the question will be answered on the show. Uh, and this one's a fun one, coming from Sean from Montana. I like it. I like it. We're getting the the pre-podcast behind the scenes is coming full circle now with mm-hmm. the Montana. Mm-hmm. We're going to might need to talk to Sean about his Wi-Fi setup at this point. Sean says, hey guys, love the content and the hard work you put into each episode. I'm genuinely curious to get your answers on this one. Let's say Respawn decides to only keep one gun of each ammo type, heavy, light, energy, shotgun, sniper. What guns are you keeping in the loot pool and what guns falls to the depths? Thank you guys and keep up the great work. It's a fun one. This is a good one. Keep the Spitfire. It's hard. I mean, I think you should. (laughs) I I actually do think you should keep the Spitfire because if you think about heavy, Mm -hmm. that's the heaviest one. Mm -hmm. So I think the Spitfire makes sense. Okay. Now, light. I kind of have. I know what you're choosing. Some problems. Come on. Well, I want the G7. I know you do. But I kind of no, want to make the argument. Speak from your heart. <laughs> I want to make the argument that the G7 should be the sniper class, <laughs> so that I can have the R3 as well. 
Because I don't really want any of the snipers. But oh my goodness. We'll go with the G7. <laughs> but pour one out for the R301. We can go through mine and then I'll, I'll use okay. the R3. So we so can I go best of both Spitfire, worlds. Spitfire, yeah. G7, Volt, Eva 8 shotgun, and then a sniper if I have to. Man, it's I, I'm tough. assuming we're not including care pack weapons. Yeah, that doesn't the count. Triple take and prowler would be the choices. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, ah, oh, man, it's tough. I think I like the Sentinel a lot, and if I get mm -hmm. the G seven, the longbow's too close, so I'll go with the Sentinel. I just realized marksman. Right. Yeah. I guess maybe this review was a little dated. Is, yeah, just, an additional. So you, I get my. You get your G7. Or no, they're talking about ammo types. Oh, not they are. They're, they're right. Okay. You, so sniper ammo. It okay. gets confusing with shotgun and sniper compared to well, heavy light. What do and I energy. choose for the bow? Bow stays in the you, game. Everybody no matter gets what. the everybody bow. Everybody gets the bow. Okay. Okay. I like it. Okay. I'll go. I'll go heavy. I'm going wingman. I think it's a defining gun in Apex. I would be sad to not have it in the game. Just because I like getting killed by it. it feels very great. I always know if someone kills me with a wingman <laughs> that they were really, really good. And I'm about to see a 20 kill badge and uh, tons of numbers. Light, R3, pouring out for the G7. It's a, it's a close competitor. Um, but I would go R3 and then Volt as well. Shotgun, Eva, it's fun. It's really cool right now. I think you can make a pretty dang good argument for the nostalgia and really fun characteristics of the PK. And then, oh, Sniper. You said Sentinel? Yeah. Dang, it'd be hard to not choose a Sentinel. But if we're keeping the care package guns, I'm going to rely on the Kraber of being my, my bolt action Sniper. And then I'll go with the, the more fun, like craziness of like the charge rifle as my Sniper, I guess. Fair enough. And it's be always the hard to choose. I mean, gun to your head, what weapons do you choose? It's tough. Gun to my head in game. I'm choosing whatever I find the mags for. We haven't Kinda, said that in a while. That's a really big but that's, thing. You have to keep that in mind. We definitely, I mean, I probably do it even more so than you, but if I find a purple energy mag at the beginning of the game, I'm carrying that and I'm carrying a havoc until I find the volt, pretty much. For better or for worse. It kicks you in the behind sometimes. You kind of just got to get the bag. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of bite the bullet because... I mean, we do all our comparisons with full purple, like, as yeah. as the comparison. You just have like, to. The R301 with the purple mag is going to be a lot better than the flatline with no mag. Yeah. So hold on to the mag and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. That mm -hmm. was a tangent. Anything else before we wrap this one up? That's a wrap. Take it easy, everyone. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch, Third Party Pod, and check out the Discord via link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.